Memphis Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Race against time. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray. On this Tuesday, January 2nd, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Rescuers in central Japan are scrambling to find survivors after a deadly earthquake wiped out power and collapsed homes. Was it terrorism? The FBI is investigating a deadly car crash in Rochester, New York, where a vehicle contained gasoline canisters. With less than two weeks until the Iowa caucus, former President Trump is riding high in the polls. We'll examine why. And restaurant workers and others lobbying for good online reviews while they're serving you. They, they were asking for something as well. You know, they said, can we have this other brand of tequila in our happy hour drinks, which is usually not on offer. And the host was like, hmm, well, okay, but I want you to do something for me in return. Leave me a good review on, you know, online. And he was very much considered that this was something of value that, that they were offering up. Harriet Torrey at the Wall Street Journal and the badgering you might get if you leave a mediocre review online. At least four dozen people have been killed after a powerful earthquake hit central Japan. Buildings have been toppled, roads wrecked, and power cut to tens of thousands of homes on the Noto Peninsula in Ishikawa Prefecture. The quake with a preliminary magnitude of 7.6 struck yesterday afternoon, prompting residents in some coastal areas to flee to higher ground as tsunami waves hit Japan's west coast, sweeping some cars and houses into the sea. Tsunami alerts were triggered as far away as Russia. Johnny Wu had just finished snowboarding some 200 miles away in Nagano when he felt the ground shake. I came from Taiwan, so I've been experienced a lot. Um, but still, still worry about uh, getting more serious. So, uh, oh, the house also shaking. Japanese officials say rescuers have found it difficult to access the northern tip of the Noto Peninsula, where helicopter surveys found many fires and widespread damage. The NHK News Service says many rail services and flights into the area have been suspended. Noto's airport closed due to structural damage. Even as thousands of Israeli soldiers were being shifted out of Gaza, reports say Israeli aircraft and tanks stepped up strikes in southern Gaza overnight. In a statement, the Israeli Defense Forces said five brigades or several thousand troops would be moved out of Gaza over the coming weeks for training and rest. Washington says it indicates a gradual shift to lower intensity operations in the north of the enclave. Still, Israel says the war in Gaza, which has reduced much of the territory to rubble, has many months to go. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby on ABC. We won't believe that a reoccupation uh, of Gaza is the right uh, thing to do for the Israelis or for the people of Gaza, quite frankly, for the region. The president's been very clear. We don't support any reoccupation. Also of note, the U.S. Navy announced that the Gerald R. Ford aircraft carrier was returning to its home port in Virginia after being uh, deployed to the eastern Mediterranean following the outbreak of hostilities. Coincidentally, a semi-official news agency in Iran says an Iranian warship yesterday entered the Red Sea, part of a key shipping route. The FBI is investigating whether a deadly and fiery car crash in upstate New York was terrorism. Two vehicles collided and plowed into a crowd shortly after New Year's celebrations were letting out following a concert at the Kodak Center in Rochester. Two people were killed, five others injured. Thousands were leaving the arena after ringing in the new year when the fatal crash occurred. Rochester Mayor Malik Evans. We have several individuals whose families' lives are changed because they will not be here 
to bring in 2024. Rochester Police Chief David Smith says revelers were walking on a crosswalk at around 12.50 a.m. yesterday when a Ford SUV slammed into a Mitsubishi Outlander that was leaving a nearby parking lot. The force of the collision caused the two vehicles to go through a group of pedestrians that were in the crosswalk and then into two other vehicles. First responders found at least a dozen gasoline canisters in and around the Ford Expedition once the fire was extinguished. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA, O-O-M-A, is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. And in the event 911 is called... UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setting it up is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's UMA.com slash Gordon Deal. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday. Former President Trump has been leading the 2024 Republican presidential race for months, one of the most consistent trends of the past year, as the Iowa caucuses fast approach in 13 days. And he leads by a lot, despite his numerous legal troubles. A look at what he's doing right from Jim Antle, executive editor at the Washington Examiner. Jim, set the scene. Well, I mean, former President Donald Trump is clearly the front runner for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. And he's built a commanding lead in the polls both nationally and in the early states. And at the moment, the race seems to be pretty much frozen uh, with Trump ahead. And really, you're looking at people like Governor Ron DeSantis, former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley. Uh, you know, they, they have some momentum and some support, but they really seem to be both running for second place. And, and neither of them has been able to do anything that has altered the basic dynamic of, of the race in, the, in that area. All right, so one of the points you made was that uh, Mr. Trump thrives on pessimism and anger. How does that work to his advantage? Well, it's a very angry electorate right now, and Trump projects that anger, validates that anger, tells people that they are right to uh, take a dim view of, of the government and how it's performing its functions, that he validates their pessimism and unhappiness about the economy, while President Biden uh, is mostly telling them that the economy is better than they perceive it to be. Um, and, you know, when you have a situation where people aren't very happy with the status quo, there is a little bit of a benefit to the challenger there. And, you know, Trump in the Republican race is a quasi-incumbent but as a, when you look at the general election, he, he becomes the challenger. And Joe Biden uh, is the incumbent and sort of the status quo ante again. So Trump is in an unusual position, and he's been able to capitalize on it well. What else does he do right? Well, I think he runs a better traditional campaign than many of his opponents. Uh, you know, he's better at retail politics than Ron DeSantis is, uh, you know, he's he's done a lot of relationship building as a, a way to 
gain endorsements from members of Congress and uh, elected officials, even if he does frequently pick strange feuds with the ones who don't go along with him. Uh, he's really good at getting attention and dominating media coverage. Um, and he's also done a really good job of making his personal problems, his legal issues in particular, be about something larger that the Republican base can identify with. And that's helped him turn something that would really have ended anybody else's campaign into a political plus. We're speaking with Jim Antle, executive editor at the Washington Examiner. His piece is called What Trump is Doing Right. Um, what about, and I guess this is the big question now, if there are convictions that are tied to his legal problems, does that change things enough? Maybe not for the base, but what about some of the others? Well, it's, it, it, it could certainly put the general election at risk. Uh, you know, right now, Trump would have to be slightly favored uh, to beat Joe Biden based on the polling data, but it, it is clear that an actual conviction could change that. And so the question would be, when would that happen? What would the timing be? And would Republican primary voters still have time to adjust their preferences based on that? Uh, it's po certainly possible, however, that Trump would be, depending on what the circumstances are and what the case is, that Trump would even be able to use something like that to his benefit with the base. So it's not clear cut uh, that it would cost him the nomination. Uh, you know, but obviously I think if you're Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley, you're hoping some legal development threatens Republicans enough that maybe they decide this is a risk they just don't want to take. You know, obviously that's beneficial to Nikki Haley. Haley doesn't really have a grassroots organization in, in a lot of states, at least not one that could compete on something like even terms with Trump. So in addition to the money, the Coke cash being helpful, the fact that she's got the backing of Americans for Prosperity, that's a group with a lot of grassroots pull in a lot of states. So that's certainly helpful to her. Um, it's not clear that it, it, you know, the whole dynamic of her and DeSantis, those splitting votes and Trump being ahead, it's not clear that it disrupts that. And that's the real thing that needs to change for this to become a more competitive race. Thanks, Jim. Jim Antle, executive editor at the Washington Examiner. By the way, a new survey by USA Today and Suffolk University finds Trump leading Biden 39 to 34 percent among Hispanic voters in 2020. Biden earned 65 percent of the Hispanic vote. 20 minutes now after the hour on This Morning. Here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Thousands of Israeli soldiers are being moved out of the Gaza Strip. This is the first major drawdown since the onset of the war with Hamas that began October 7th. Israel Defense Forces remain adamant that the war with Hamas will not stop until they are defeated. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby reiterating the Biden administration does not support any reoccupation of Gaza by Israel. What we do support is some sort of post-conflict governance in Gaza that meets the aspirations of the Palestinian people. And we believe that a reformed and revamped Palestinian authority is probably the best way to get at that and that's what we're going to keep talking about with our israeli counterparts number two at least 48 people died after a 7.6 magnitude earthquake hit japan new year's day thousands of rescue teams are racing against time as they struggle to reach residents 
trapped beneath the rubble in the worst hit areas. Damage includes toppled buildings, wrecked roads, and loss of power to tens of thousands of homes. China resident Johnny Wu says he was waiting for a shuttle bus when the earthquake hit. The house also shaking. You can hear those glasses are, the windows are shaking. So I'm actually worried about if the uh, electric wire like broken or something, that will be pretty, pretty dangerous. Number three. A California man and his 10-year-old son have been arrested after the boy shot and killed another child using his father's gun. Sacramento police say the father, 53-year-old Arquette Davis, faces several felony firearm-related charges as well as charges of child endangerment and accessory after the fact. The child has been charged with murder. Sacramento County Sergeant um, Amar Gandhi says this case will be difficult to prosecute. How much do you blame this 10-year-old right now? Obviously, there's some culpability. There's, is it punitive? Is there more therapeutic? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. The victim, also a 10-year-old boy, was found unresponsive and bleeding before being taken to a local hospital where he was later pronounced dead. Um, so, Gordon, a little curious. Did you stay up until midnight on New Year's Eve? I was a big boy this year. I did. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, believe it or not, I, I made it till a solid 9 p.m., mm. hipping and happening. But studies say only 43% of people stay up until midnight every single year. One third of Americans are asleep well before the clock strikes midnight every year on New Year's Eve. So they don't even they don't even try. I'm not saying I'm smart with regards to doing it. I'm not saying I'm proud of doing it. I just did it. And by the way, if you find that there's a shortage of bourbon on store (laughs) shelves, you're looking at the cause right here. Yeah, it was was one of those New Year's. I, I didn't even try. Thank you, Nicole. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's Dell.com slash welcome to now. Thanks for spending time with us. Americans are starting 2024 with just over a trillion dollars in credit card balances, according to the New York Fed. That's up 40 percent from early 2021. More on what's trending from Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst at Bankrate.com. Ted, are people putting necessities on cards? A lot of people are doing that, yeah, which is a tough situation to be in. I mean, I do empathize. It's not like people want to be in credit card debt. It's actually usually very practical things that get people into credit card debt. Emergency expenses are number one, and then day-to-day living is number two. So it's not usually a vacation or a shopping spree or anything like that, but it doesn't make it any easier to get out of debt, unfortunately, especially with these high interest rates. That's something we're seeing with buy now, pay later as well. So it's not just credit cards, but people are using services like a firm to finance gas and groceries and paying it off over time, hopefully not as long as credit card minimum payments. I think that's part of the appeal of buy now, pay later. It's often four payments over six weeks. The credit card minimum payment math is really brutal. I mean, that could keep you in debt for many, many years. Um, But yeah, it's something a lot of people are wrestling with. Are we paying off those BNPL bills as they come in? The delinquency rate is surprisingly low on those products. I think a lot of people have been saying for years that there's this coming tsunami of delinquencies and it really hasn't happened. Credit cards, on the other hand, 
We're currently seeing the highest delinquency rate since 2012. The industry doesn't seem overly alarmed. They knew that these rates were gonna rise off the artificial lows from the pandemic. I get the sense that the industry still views this as kind of normalization after a weird pandemic period, but it bears watching. At least the job market's strong. I know the economy doesn't feel great right now because of high inflation and high interest rates, but I think that's keeping delinquencies from getting out of control. Mm. We're speaking with Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst at bankrate.com. We're talking about credit cards and the balance for 2023. Uh, Let's say we can admit that we're over our head a little bit or at least not paying off the balance each month. What can we do? My top tip is to get a 0% balance transfer credit card. This is a real silver lining that these have remained widely accessible despite higher interest rates. Most people can qualify. We're talking about moving your existing high cost debt over to a new card with a 0% promotional rate that lasts as long as 21 months. These examples include the City Simplicity and the Wells Fargo Reflect. That could be a tremendous tailwind for getting out of debt, that ability to avoid interest for nearly two years. Boy, the stress that these things cause, right, is the number one source of stress for us, I would imagine? It's a big one, yeah, and it's hard for people to talk about. And I wish we would break down some of the stigma. A lot of people have credit card debt, 47% of cardholders, in fact. Now that does leave the other 53% who are paying in full. So we should point out that credit cards aren't all bad, of course, I mean, not by a long shot. There's a lot of people getting great perks from their credit cards, cash back, airline miles, things like that. It's just so important to pay in full and avoid interest so that those rewards are worth it. Thanks, Ted. Ted Rossman, Senior Industry Analyst at Bankrate.com. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The top stories and expert interviews that make sense of what you care about. This is America's First News, This Morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday, January 2nd. Gordon Deal, Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. Rescuers search for survivors after a deadly earthquake in west-central Japan. Israel moving troops from Gaza. FBI investigating whether a car crash in Rochester, New York was terrorism. Fox News says more than 300,000 migrants were documented attempting to cross the southern border in December, highest total for a single month. Michigan and Washington advanced to the college football national championship and the Massachusetts mailman who found himself with extra duties. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by UMA. Copper lines are going away, driving up the price of home phone service. Start saving with UMA. Go to OOMA.com to learn more. Online reviews are an increasingly important and in many cases unregulated form of currency in the global economy. Left unsaid, those glowing reviews can be typed out under pressure from guilt trips or 
in return for a reward. It's a story by Harriet Torrey, reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Harriet, what's up here? I think consumers are just really getting fed up of all of these different tactics that businesses are using to try and get them to leave reviews and overwhelmingly positive reviews. Um, it was really interesting reporting the story and just hearing the different things that um, people have seen in practice. I mean, I think everybody understands that um, reviews are important. People use reviews. Uh, they, you know, they offer a lot of evidence and personal experience. But at the same time, sometimes businesses just go a little far. And that's that is definitely something that we saw in uh, in some examples in the story, you know, people being pestered, con- constant follow up messages. If they left a bad review, they would get called, they would get emailed, they would just get a lot of a lot of grief, essentially. And, um, you know, sometimes it was they were offered money to, you know, refund to get rid of the review, to either remove it or to improve it. Other times it was it was a real emotional guilt trip and people saying things like, you know, um, you know, I need I need good reviews and um, this will have a financial impact yeah. on me and my family. And it's it's tough. You know, people are in a bit of a tough spot and I think they're just a bit fed up with it, especially when it comes to something that's, partic- you know, relatively mundane. You know, why should you leave an extraordinary review for something as mundane as, you know, getting your car serviced right. or something like that? <laughs> These are not the once in the lifetime experiences uh, that a lot of people would associate with, like, you know, enthusiastic uh, feedback. We're speaking with Harriet Torrey, reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called She Gave a Hotel a Mediocre Review, Then Came the Badgering. So how about this woman, uh, this Lucy Josephs? She goes and stays at a youth hostel in Montenegro. And what happened? Well, um, I think that she, you know, she stays in a lot of youth hostels. She has a lot of experience. Um, so you, youth hostels are generally pretty bare bones. You sleep in a dorm. Um, it's not, it, no one would go into this thinking that they're going to have a, a luxury experience. Mm-hmm. But she was drawn in by the fact that this hotel, this hostel had an extremely, overwhelmingly, unusually high rating um, online. And um, she couldn't believe it. So she wanted to try it for herself. And she was disappointed. Um, there were lots of things that she didn't like about the, the, the hostel. She found the staff to be a little bit rude. She said that there was a smell of damp in the room. And so she left an honest review because she wanted other travelers to know that she didn't have this overwhelming, amazing experience that everybody else seems to be reporting. And then she started to to get a lot of messages and um, and sort of guilt tripping from from the uh, from the host, just saying you know that they were gonna they were in line to win an award, and her award had her, her review had you know really killed off the chances of them winning this award. Could she change it? He would compensate her for a night, and she just she just said no, and she ended up having to block him. I think it was just it was just a lot of emotional. Um, it was a big emotional burden for something that she, you know, thought she was doing the right thing by trying to alert other, other travelers of her experience there. Yeah, jeez. How about uh, that Mexican restaurant in Berlin where it was like a, a bribe over tequila pretty much? Yeah, so that that was a funny situation. And um, there was a, a a consumer who wanted, you know, they, they were asking for something as well. You know, they said, can we have this other brand of tequila in our happy hour drinks, which is usually not on offer. And the host was like, hmm, well, okay, but I want you to do something for me in return. Leave me a good review on, you know, online. And um, and so he they 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 did that. And he she you know she and her party left the positive review and they got the drinks that they wanted. But he was very much considered that this was something of value that that they were offering up this this excellent review online. And um, yeah, it, it, in reality, I think that she said that the drinks were good, but the food was not that great. Although when she wrote the review, of course, she was she was very positive. <laughs> Who else besides uh, like hotels and restaurants kind of gets reviews that can 
make you anxious? In this day and age, it's everybody. It's the plumber that you have to call in an emergency. It's the contractors. You can rate your employer on Glassdoor. You can rate your teachers on and or your you know university professors. So really, very few people are immune for this now. Thanks, Harriet. Harriet Torrey, economics reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Hey, thanks for being with us. Welcome into Tuesday. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, it's been a minute since we've had a false food advertising lawsuit, and you can judge whether that's a case to be made here. A woman in Tampa Bay, Florida, is seeking a class action status for a lawsuit against Hershey after the packaging for its peanut butter pumpkins left a sour taste in her mouth. The woman's beef with the candy started back in October when she paid $4.49 for a pack of the pumpkin-shaped Reese's at an Aldi grocery store because she assumed the product contained a cute-looking carving of a pumpkin's mouth and eyes as pictured on the product packaging. Upon opening one of the treats, she discovered the product was fully covered with chocolate with none of the detailed carving she claimed inspired her to buy the product. The woman says she never would have purchased the pumpkins had she known that they were just pumpkin-shaped Reese's and didn't have the pumpkin face on them. The petition accuses Hershey of trying to convince people to buy the pumpkin peanut butter candy, quote, by means of untrue, misleading, deceptive, and or fraudulent representations. And she's not stopping with pumpkins. Her lawsuit would also seek damages for all Floridians who purchased the deceptive products, including white ghosts, peanut butter bats, and peanut butter footballs, claiming damages would exceed $5 million. Mm. <laughs> yeah, is this. Yeah, I, <laughs> that was your skeptical uh, grunt. Is this, uh, is this all you have to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you collect coins or stamps or <laughs> take up fishing or golf or something like that. Yeah, this, no. no. Not, not, not a hop. Suing company is not yeah, a great hobby for you. No. I'm glad to hear your not, skeptical grunt made it to 2024. Oh yeah. I, you know, <laughs> thumbs down, I guess. Not so much of this. But what about all the Floridians, Gordon? Yeah, She's not all just the representing her. All the Floridians, yeah. the millions of them who have been well, duped by this deceptive practice. Listen, if they uh, if they piggyback on her lawsuit you know, and benefit in some way for the dollar yeah. nineteen they might get from the class action lawsuit, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And food-based mascots and celebrations are having a moment during this year's bowl season. We've already told you about the mayo bath and the Pop-Tart binge after last week's bowl games. And New Year's brought us even more food-related hijinks. Fans watching the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl couldn't help but laugh as the mascot wanted everyone, especially hungry football players, to know not to start chomping down on it during or after the game. As a giant box of Cheez-Its rolled across the field during the pregame in Orlando, a Cheez-It-shaped mascot held up a sign that read non-edible mascot social media users couldn't help but laugh but also weren't buying it joking that all food looking mascots from now on should be or are should are, are already edible whether they like it or not mm. and that the cheese it mascot should sacrifice itself for the greater good right just have like a uh, i don't know put them in an octagon and have all the mascots go at it right you know like you should be the champion of the season of mascots right and that, that, that would be cool. right and now all the players are expecting that if they win the game yeah. there's going to be some sort of food bounty right. for them that they or some kind of mascot that they can chow down on <laughs> so it does make sense that at least hold up that sign saying look uh please don't uh you know that's that's not going to be happening here right. uh by the way so while i was gone See if you can top the fun that I had. Oh, boy. I believe it was last, uh, last Wednesday. Uh, uh, changing Wi-Fi passwords with my mother-in-law. Yes. Phone apps with my mother-in-law. Smart TV installation. New cable boxes that oh were boy. like 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Programming the new remotes. 
um, and getting a new modem along with the Amazon Echo Dot. <laughs> nine hours. Nine yeah. hours with my mother-in-law doing those things. Yeah, you, you've just described why staycations are a horrible idea. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. By the way, if St. Peter, by the way, ever has questions about whether or not I belong in heaven, please <laughs> examine that day closely and what I did. Thank you, Mike. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Glad you're with us. Welcome into Tuesday. Are you avoiding booze this month by taking part in what's called Dry January? The popular health trend challenges participants to forego alcohol for 31 days in a row. Yes, it's okay to begin today, a day after New Year's. Americans across the nation have been tacking on the alcohol abstinence challenge to their New Year's resolutions for years. The health benefits can include weight loss, lower liver fat and blood sugar, and improved mood and energy levels. Tips from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism include telling friends and family that you're participating in Dry January and encouraging them to participate with you. Another, choosing or bringing your own non-alcoholic beverages to any social events. Eight minutes in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Israel's highest court has struck down a controversial law that would have limited the justice's power and given more control to lawmakers. The law would have taken away the court's powers to abolish government decisions that it deemed unreasonable in the extreme. Eight justices ruled in favor of striking down the legislation, with seven against it. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who enacted the law last year, says the ruling will not be appealed while the country is fighting the war against Gaza. The news comes as thousands of Israeli soldiers are being moved out of the Gaza Strip. Number two. A deadly car crash that occurred outside an entertainment venue in upstate New York early New Year's Day is being investigated as possible terrorism. Police say the force of the collision caused the two vehicles to go through a group of pedestrians that were in the crosswalk and then into two other vehicles. Two people were killed and five others were injured. Rochester Mayor Malik Evans. I want to offer my condolences to those families, those individuals that lost their lives. And I ask the community to pay, pray not only for those that have lost their lives, but also those that are injured. First responders found at least a dozen gasoline canisters in and around one of the vehicles involved in the crash. The Joint Terrorism Task Force is currently investigating. Number three. A teenage, a, a teenage Chinese exchange student was found alone and cold in a tent by Utah law enforcement. Police say he was a victim of cyber kidnapping. The student's parents sent $80,000 to bank accounts in China after receiving a ransom photo of their son and continuous threats from kidnappers. Law enforcement located the exchange student using his bank and phone records. Police say he went to the self-made campsite because the cyber kidnappers told him to isolate himself. Wonka, a musical fantasy that has been the biggest hit of the holiday season, closed 2023 on a sweet note. You're the funny little man who's been following me. I will have you know that I am a perfectly respectable size for an Oompa Loompa. An Oompa what now? 
The film, which stars Timothy Chalamet, grossed nearly $23 million for the weekend and a projected $29.5 million for the four-day holiday. That brings the domestic gross to over $140 million, and the worldwide take is hovering around $400 million. Very good. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for being with us. A mailman in northeast Massachusetts recently swapped making deliveries for saving a life. Goodnewsnetwork.org says David Moulton, who's been delivering mail for eight years, spotted a child after he somehow got out of a daycare facility in Salem, about a half hour north of Boston. Police say the three-year-old was wandering around sidewalks for about a half hour before Mr. Moulton saw him, realized something was wrong, and called 911. He told CBS News that he scooped the kid up before he got into a busy street, noticing something was off because the kid had no shoes and no jacket on. He says at first he thought the boy was playing with kids in a park, but thought differently when he went running past him a second time. Mr. Moulton, like all heroes without capes, says God works in mysterious ways. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.